Well, today we're going to be uh, concluding our series on Philippians, and uh, this the whole series, the whole book of Philippians is actually, the, well, let me back that up. The main theme for it is joy, and I want to read to you a definition that we've come up with for joy, what it means, and here's what we got. It's a positive state of mind that goes deeper than the emotions, though it is emotional, it's unaffected by circumstances, rooted in a strong belief in God's reliability. We think that, I mean, we think that's a great definition, and I have to admit that last part, you know, believing in God's reliability, I've um, had plenty of chances in my life to, you know, believe in Chad's reliability, uh, to believe that I could make something happen or I could fix it. You know, I was enough to do it on my own, or, you know, I've also relied in, in other people and things and, and kind of left God, left God out before. And, um, you know, as a matter of fact, over the last little bit, I've kind of been uh, experiencing this a little bit, um, like started drifting. I felt like I was drifting a little bit into me, more towards me than to what God was capable of and reliable. Um, you know, Diana and I are, are kind of entering a, a new place in life. We've got a few things happening, a page turning here and there. And, and so I think I started, you know, not, nothing was bad, nothing was horrible. Things are going great in our lives. But I think I started to say, well, okay, I'm going to have to make this work, though. I'm going to have to make sure that this, I'm going to have to make sure that I make sure that this, this goes the right way. And um, God actually talked to me once. Um, it was actually during last week's message. Well, we're sitting up here going through the message, and God says, so, who, who, who are you relying on, me or you? And I'm like, wait a minute, God, I'm busy. You know, we're, we're preaching a message here. You can't talk to me right now. Um, but, but it happened. And so, I mean, even when we're up here, have, we have a message on Sunday mornings. God is still talking. We're talking to us as much as anybody else in here. And, you know, just frankly, God can talk to me whenever he wants. He didn't have to ask my permission. So luckily for me, um, I've, I mean, I've pulled back on course. So don't worry. I'm going to be all right. Um, we're not going crazy or nothing. But I've just adjusted back on course with putting God first. How about you guys? Have you had that kind of experience where you're having a challenge in your life and you start trying to get your arms around it and then you realize, man, I'm really struggling. And then some voice says, what about me? Oh, wow, God, I've been, you know, eyes off you. Could you relate to that? Well, I sure can. And the good news is God helps us with this. He knows you are human. He knows we struggle with challenges in life. And he helps us in this whole book of Philippians has been so helpful to encourage us that God's joy can see us through and His joy is a strength to us. We've said a lot of great stuff about it because there's so much wonderful, wonderful things to learn about it, but today we have even more. And so in this final chapter, in this letter, Paul writes to these guys with some final great encouragement. So let's start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. You can tell he's wrapping up his letter and he's saying, finally, guys, just, just to say it one more time, stay true to the Lord. That, that encouragement to keep your focus on the Lord. Like Chad shared last week, he had been struggling a little bit. And basically, God is like, are you staying true to me with your focus, keeping your focus on me? Well, Paul is telling us today, hey, life is tough at times and you're tempted to get off course. 
but stay true to God. Keep, keep heading that direction. Uh, picture someone going down a road and you're running and there's ditches and, and for some reason you get off the road and you start to fall into a ditch, but you realize that, oh, oh, back up on the road, back up on the road. That's, that's what God is saying to us, to stay true to Him no matter what the circumstances are. Don't settle. Don't settle, folks. Don't settle for less than the life God wants you to have. Jesus said, I've come that you could have abundant life. He gave his life on the cross to pay for our sin, to restore us to a relationship with God. And I feel like God is always saying, don't settle, Ed. Press on. Stay true to me. You know, we talk about winning a lot in our culture, winning games and sports, and there's always stuff going on. But there's a sense in which God wants us to win at this life. And here's the thing about winners. They don't win every single time, do they? There's plenty of losing along the way to winning. But the thing that all winners have in common is this. They don't quit. They don't quit. And so God is saying to us today, stay true to the Lord. Keep your focus on me. Don't quit. Now, each week we've looked as Paul has written this awesome letter saying, now there's stuff to watch out for. There's things in life to be careful about. And we've called them joy killers. Things that can happen in our lives or things that come against us that can steal our joy. And so each week we've looked at a few. And today we're going to look at some joy killers to be careful of these things in our life. Now Paul addresses them with just a simple little phrase of just five words. Five words, a little phrase that has huge importance and power in our lives. Let's look at it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, Paul said this. This is about things that try to make us quit, right? Have no anxiety about anything. Have no anxiety about anything. Could kind of turn it around and just say, don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be fearful. So simple. So hard. I mean, we, we want to be honest around here. We don't want to just say, oh, just pray and it's all good. No, no. We, we, we want to be real with you guys and say, that is so simple, but so hard. Because life can be hard. Life can be so challenging. And yet Paul is telling these guys, hey, don't have anxiety and now he's going to help us out about how not to have anxiety. Chad's going to get to that in a minute, but before we go there, let's, let's really dig a little deeper into this whole area of anxiety. It is a big joy killer. It's a big topic in our world today. You hear a lot about anxiety and depression and those issues because it's just rampant all over the world. Well, anxiety plays out in at least three ways in our lives. There's probably more, but these are three biggies, okay? First off, our worry. Our worry. We have worry in our life, and we become anxious and full of fear about things we worry about. There have been surveys done in recent years asking Americans, what are you worried about? And I'm going to give you the four top worries of Americans today. And you could probably guess three of them, I'm guessing. This fourth one surprises me, but when you think about it, you can understand. The first three are people worry about their health, about their family, and about their money, the economy. Those three, most folks would probably guess some of those. But the fourth one, how about this one? Americans worry about terrorism now. Terrorism. When you think about it, yeah, because you see it on television. And even though we've kind of known it, now it's real clear in our face that we're not really totally safe anymore, are we? If one person really wants to do something, they can't. So this is what Americans are, are worried about today. And as, as you probably know, there's lots of phobias out there, lots of 
fears of this and that. Public speaking is one of the greatest fears in, in life. And there's other things, fear of milk and germs and feathers. Well, let's talk about a few of them just for fun for a moment. You, you might know this one. What's a fear of spiders? Arachnophobia. Yeah, you knew that one. Yeah, Diana, uh, my wife, Diana, hey, babe, is... Uh, She's, I think she's got arachnophobia. I mean, like every spider, no matter what size it is, is the, in her mind the size of the spider on the movie, arachnophobia. Um, she can walk in the front door of our house and see somehow, you know, like telepathically, see a, a, a spider that's like half a millimeter in size in the corner closet in the bedroom with the door shut. And she's like, you got to kill it. You got to kill the spider. I mean... We can go to bed, and, and if she sees, like, the smallest little web, little spider, say, hey, I see the spider. It's dark in here. I know, but I see it. Um, okay, well, we'll go to sleep. No, there's no sleeping in the house until the spider is dead. So, I mean, arachnophobia is real. Y'all think she's dancing and worshiping the Lord up here? No, no, she's killing any spiders that are on the stage. Here's one. Allodoxophobia. Allodoxophobia. This is a fear of opinions. And, you know, maybe you're around people with lots of opinions who share them a lot, and sometimes you're afraid to be around them. Not saying anybody in particular, but anyway, that's the fear of opinions. Here's one, decidophobia. Decidophobia, you can probably figure that one out. Decide, that's the fear of making decisions. My wife's a school teacher, and they've done research to show that school teachers make nearly a thousand decisions every day. Just think about it. you got 20 little Johnnies and Susies, and all day long you're constantly dealing with them, making decisions. Oh, this kid's got to read this. Kid, do, I, you know, do I sit in this one in the office? Or, you know, just all day long. That's why uh, if you know teachers, they come home like, you know, uh, you know, they're just on tilt. Don't ask me anything. I don't want to make decisions. Well, that, you know, it's understandable they may have a little decidophobia there. Here's one last one. Scriptophobia. Scriptophobia, the fear of writing in public. Yeah, that's why some of you won't take notes in churches. And good as it is for you, you're just, you know, afraid someone to see your handwriting. I probably should have that because my handwriting is so bad, I probably should be afraid for people to see it. Well, in all seriousness, you know, we want to we wanna say that, hey, you know, worries is, this whole issue is a big deal. And in our culture, it's a big deal. And for some people, it's an extra big deal because you're, you're chemically in your brain. You're, you're disposed to fear and anxiety. Your, your very mental genetic makeup makes you more vulnerable to this. So we don't want to sound unsympathetic at all, but we want to encourage all of us to say, hey, we don't have to live full of worry and full of anxiety. God has an answer. He has a, a key that we're going to talk about this morning. The, the root of this word worry we have in Scripture, the root is a picture of someone being choked. And isn't that a, a good picture of what worry does? It just chokes the life out of us. It can get us so, so obsessed with this issue we're, we're worried about that it's like someone's choking us and we're just dying. Well, worry can't help anything. We know that. But it actually can hurt us. We've talked about how joy can actually help our health and stimulate life and energy and good things in our body, endorphins. We talked about that. Well, worry is just the opposite. Worry can make you sick. So contrasted with joy, worry is a huge joy killer. Now, some folks, and we believe there may be some of you here today, it, it makes sense that maybe you're eaten up with lots of worry and fear because you don't have a connection to God. You haven't 
said yes to his wonderful offer of forgiveness and a relationship with him that's both now on earth and forever. And so you don't have a resource to deal with life that people with God in their lives have. And so for you today, the, the message is, hey, God wants to help big time. God loves you big time. And he can forgive your sins. He can fill your life with his presence. He wants to become your best friend and help you deal with everything in life so that you can live this joyous life that he has for all of us. At the end of the service, Chad mentioned earlier, we'll have prayer teams up here. And we hope and pray that folks will come up to say, hey, I want to connect to God today. I want to start that meaningful life. And it'll make all the difference in your life, both now on earth and for eternity. So worry is a joy killer coming out of anxiety. There's some other ways anxiety plays out. Let's look at a couple more. We've said our worries. Now let's say our whys. Our whys. We have lots of questions. Why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why did they say this? Why did this person have to die, God? And if we're honest, our, our whys end up with God because we really believe he's big and in charge and control, and we do that. Uh, I hope you read the middle book in your Bible, the book of Psalms. I hope you read in there some because it's so honest. The writers of the Psalms are so honest. And I, I love some of the Psalms that basically say, God, why is this happening? Why do the, the people who hate you, why, why does their life seem so good? Here I'm trying to live for you. My life is just so full of problems. It's in there. God wants us to, to see that he wants us to be honest with him. And whys are okay, but... If we continue to be focused on just those whys, it can steal our joy, can it? It can just bring us down if we stay there, focusing on whys, on and on. Then finally, the third one we want to look at today is our who. Our who. People can create anxiety. Ever been in a room and somebody walked in and everybody's like, uh-oh, and you just feel the tension rise in the room because that's this person's reputation. They kind of bring a little bit of stress and anxiety with them. Well, people can stress us out to the point that there's anxiety there, and, and yet God can help us deal with everybody in a way that it, it doesn't have to go there. Now, sometimes we, 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 you know, we feel like we should take just a second to say, sometimes God says, you know, that person isn't good for you right now, and, you know, back away for a while. Not to judge them or anything, but just to be sensitive because it's that important that we keep our joy, and sometimes God wants to direct us carefully in our relationships. And so... Uh, Sometimes you need to do that. It's not fun, but it's necessary, and, and then God can you know, work and protect your joy. Now, most of us have who's in our life, right? These who's that can be joy killers and bring anxiety. But if you don't have a who, maybe you are one. Chad said I had not to say in, that. That's not in. <laughs> we know that life's anything but easy. You know, we know we're going to have challenges, we're going to have worries and whys and who's and other things that can cause us anxiety and want to steal and kill our joy. But the answer isn't to run away. You know, in our humanity, we want to. In those Psalms I mentioned earlier, you see the writer say things like, I wish I could just take the wings of the morning and fly away from life. But that's not what we get to do. And, and Jesus, we said earlier, he wants your life to be full. He has something better than running away. He has a way to victory, and to overcoming, to life, and to joy. So the reasons for anxiety aren't going to go away. It's a constant fight, and that's not the answer, looking for things to go away. The answer is that God is bigger 
than all my anxieties. God is bigger than all my challenges, and he can and will help me overcome all anxiety. In every message, we've also, when we've given you these joy killers, but we've also given you a key because we want you to be able to go home and say, well, that's great and all, you know, that you, you gave us a key, and, and you also get to say, and you gave us, wait a minute, you gave us a joy Ain't killer. You, Ain't uh, okay, you're good, you're good. let me back that up. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chad Hammonds. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Fast forward, fast forward. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've given you the joy killers. We want to give you a key to take home so you can actually do something with a, about this. And today's key is uh, we find it in Philippians 4, the same letter that Paul's been writing or that he wrote to the Philippians. And let me just read to you this passage of Scripture. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. We actually see the key right here in, in this part of the letter that he wrote. And today's key is this, choose joy every day. Choose joy every day. You know, Ed mentioned it might be easier for some than others to do that, and we get it. And we're not here to make anybody feel bad because, I oh, man, I can't ever choose joy. I'm, I'm always struggling. I'm a horrible person. No, it's not. that's not what we're saying. We're saying you can choose joy, especially with God's help. You can do it. Now, we, want, we, want to, we understand we can't control circumstances. You can't. Things are going to happen. People are going to do things. I have to deal with Ed every Sunday morning. I'm sitting up here. I mean, you know, we just can't change everything. But God can help me choose joy even, even in the middle of that. I'm not a joy killer, really. <laughs> so... Um, the, message, the message title today really is Joy for Life, and we want to give you that practical thing. How do we do it? How do we choose joy every day? So here's, we want to, here's how we can do that. The first thing is this, pray about everything. All right? and, and I don't mean like every single second of the day you have to be like, oh, dear God. You know, um, th that's not what we mean. I mean, that's, that sometimes that's necessary, but uh, to put it in an even uh, a way that works for my brain is talk to God about everything. Talk to God all day long. Um, you know, spend some time just saying, hey, God, this is what's going on. Yeah, here, here, check this out. In, in Philippians 4, we're just keeping, we're keep, continue to keep going here in his letter. Uh, Paul said this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Uh, I like that last part having God's peace that goes, you know, it's, you know, it's bigger than the craziness of life. Um, I, I like that. I added that part, but I think it makes sense. Uh, we want to talk to God all the time, pray about everything. We did a series on prayer recently, and we invite you guys, if you haven't listened to it or you're struggling with prayer, go back. It's on, online. You can go back and listen to it. Um, there's several weeks of talking about prayer, what it is, uh, how we can do it, because sometimes we don't even, even know how to pray. And um, here's what happens. I want to let you know that a lot of times we pray last, not first. We talk to God last, not, not the first. You know, it's like, okay, I tried this and this didn't work and, and that didn't happen, so I guess I'll have to pray. Um, and a lot of times, if, if, especially when people will come to talk to one of us, sometimes it's like, well, you know, I did all this stuff, so I thought I'd come and ask for prayer. Well, that's great, and we're happy to pray for you. We really, really are, but there's a good chance things would work out better if you prayed first. So, so, you know, prayer is, is huge, praying about everything. And I, I want to add, pray, pray at the beginning, pray first. Say, God, I need some help right here, right now before we even get started. 
Uh, let, let's get this going off the right track. Uh, Ed and I, you know, we have a schedule and we do things. Well, our days always go better and more productively when we take time in the morning to begin with and pray before we do anything else. Um, it, it just, it works that way. God works that way. As you're praying, as you're talking to God, tell him what you need. It's okay to say, God, I need this. It's not being selfish. I mean, it's saying, God, I need, some, I need something. That's okay. God wants you to tell him what, he, what, what you need. He wants you to, to explain what's going on, even though he knows he wants you to talk to him, just like maybe you would, you'd want your kids. Um, and then say, God, uh, thanks for your help. Thanks for, uh, this is what I'm looking for. This is the help I need. And of course, God, what do you want to say to me? Because sometimes he has more than, just, more than just that. But God, thanks for helping me out. Thank you for, for, taking, for, for loving me and caring about me. I, I, that's kind of a default for me. God, thank you for loving me. Because in the back of my mind, I know that I probably didn't really deserve it. But thank you that, that he did. Thank you, God, that you do. And I'm, I'm just thankful. Right, that, that was the first thing, pray about everything. The second one is this, think about the right things. Like think, think about the right things. Same, same thing in this letter from Paul, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul's saying here, Think about, think about these, this stuff. I mean, um, whatever you put in the forefront of your mind, that is what's gonna dictate your day. That's what's gonna dictate what's happening. I promise, whatever you give the most real estate in your brain, that's gonna help send you in whatever direction. Um, I, I, I'll listen from time to time in my, in my vehicle. When I'm driving, I'll listen to talk radio. And you know, sometimes I agree with those folks. Occasionally, I don't. But here's something I figured out and I noticed that these guys, or these, these people that are on the radio, their job is to criticize stuff. Doesn't matter what, I mean, that's what their job is, and that's how they keep, a, that's how they keep customers, that's how they keep an audience. And, um, and, and again, a lot of times I agree with them, but that they're always from that critical, that critical angle. And if I listen to that a lot, guess what happens to me? I start you know, being critical with everybody too. And, 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 and very cynical and very, you know, piercing. And, and, and I start to treat people that same way. And so I realized one day, wait a minute, maybe you shouldn't listen to this stuff all the time. Maybe it's not bad. Maybe, you know, it's not about that. It's about, that's what I was thinking about. So it's what, it, this is what directed my life. And that's the way I became. Well, I, I read here in, in, this, in the Bible what Paul wrote to the Philippians, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, those are the things that I should be thinking about. So this is part of that key. Uh, this is part of the key to you know, having joy for life is about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, filling your thoughts with, what you're feeling your, the, you know, your thought processes, the way you're going about things. Um, so I have a question, you know, just real quickly. Do you fill your life with joyful things or uh, you know, anxiety stuff? But which one are you, are you putting in there? And then the third one is this, uh, trust God in all things. Trust him in everything. I'm going to reread something, but I'm going to add a little, the next part to it. This is Paul again. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Okay, we saw that. Listen to this part. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He's saying, trust God. Whatever it is, and everything, that, and everything means everything. Thing. I mean, it's just, there's nothing that doesn't, it doesn't include there. God, he, Ed was talking about winning. God always wins. 
in everything. He never, ever, ever loses. I mean, y'all have been on teams, right? If you got, hey, we're gonna play some games and you pick a teammate or a partner or you you go play sports, who are you usually looking for? The person that is the best at that game? That's who I want on my team. If, you, if you're like really bad, I don't want you on my team. <laughs> Come on, y'all. No, well, Pastor, no, let's just be honest here. We're, we gotta win. That's what this is about. And so what do you do? You get the person that is the best and you want them on your side. Why? Because you know that you're gonna win. You, you know you're gonna win with them on your team. Well, if you think about God that way, he doesn't lose anything. So his team is always the winning team. Let's, let's, let's go that direction. Let's trust God that he's gonna win. Just God, let me just be on my team. Let me be on your team. Uh, and he'll fight for you. God will fight for you. I mean, he, he'll like, okay, this is my team and, and I'm gonna fight for you. My, my boys play football. And uh, one of them told me one day, he said, you know, there's this one kid on the team that I don't, I don't really like the kid that much, okay? And, you know, outside, but during football, if he's on my team and another teammate messes with him, he's gonna have to deal with me because this is my teammate. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut him. I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do, right? Um, well, it's even better than that because God likes you and, and he's, gonna, he's gonna fight for you. Uh, one, one last part of this about trusting God. Anxiety is what something Ed mentioned. Uh, anxiety in our lives marks the spot where we're not trusting God. I mean, if you think about it, if I'm worried about it, I'm not trusting that God is gonna take care of it. And, and again, we're not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but just think of it this way. It's, it's like mistrusting God, which means I'm missing out on trusting God. Anything that's stressing me out, is, you know, it's causing this anxiety. I'm, I'm missing out on being able to say, you, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God can take care of this. God can win here. God can fix it. So I don't wanna miss out on that. We don't want you to miss out on, on trusting God because he always wins. So uh, he, God, to put it this way, God's legitimate. I mean, he is the real deal and he can give you joy and he can crush anxiety. So let's summarize our message today. Let's put it together. We pray first about what happens. If you're riding somewhere in the car uh, this morning, uh, as my wife and I were driving to work, there was a car in a ditch near our neighborhood. I mean, it was completely in the ditch, and the front was right up against a telephone pole. And so we're riding. We got the praise music on, you know, getting ready for church and everything. But we're like, whoa, whoa, look at that. As we drove by, we discussed it because we were in the car together, and it was, it was unusual. Do you talk to God like that? Do you just naturally I could even say maybe instantly or right away. Do you just go through a day with God? That's what we're talking about, conversation with God. So life happens, and there's a situation, and we pray. Then as we begin to pray and talk to God about it, we see Him in it. We're trying to connect to Him in the situation, and, and I begin to see God in it and begin to connect to Him, and I, I'm getting strength and protection from Him and fighting for my joy. And as I'm doing that... I'm praying, I'm thinking the right thing now because I've got God in the picture. I'm not just focusing on this issue, right? I'm thinking about God because I started with prayer. And I'm thinking about it prayerfully, which has Him in the picture. And with Him in the picture, my mind having Him there, the third thing happens naturally. I trust Him. I trust Him. I mean, God walks in the room and you got a problem. Do you still have any problems? 
I mean, He's in the room. He's there for you. Well, that's, that's this little process. It seems so simple, but this is huge in our life. If we'll learn to pray first, especially, like Chad said, and see God in it. It gets our mind right. We're thinking the right way in the situation. We're thinking on the right stuff. We're thinking about positive stuff. And ultimately, we're trusting Him, and we're good. We're good for the ride. However long this challenge lasts, however long this circumstance challenges me, praying, focusing on God, thinking the right way, and trusting Him gives us victory. So we want to do that right now. Okay? Right now, we're going to take a minute, and we're going to do this. So here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to think for a second about your challenge. Think right now about what's been stressing you. And here's a cool thing about Christians. I've talked about Psalms, and those guys are so honest that they didn't run away from life. They said, I'd like to run away, but I'm going to deal with it. And they always end up by saying, God, I know you got my back, in essence. Today, we're going to deal with life. We're not going to ignore it. Christians don't ignore life. We do the opposite. We go after it because God's got our back. So right now, let's do that. I'm, I'm thinking about something in my life. I have a son, an adult son, who's in Austin who needs a job. And he's applying. He's got interviews coming up. But he's had interviews before. You know how that goes. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest and say, yeah, he'll come to me to help pay bills. If he, but anyway, <laughs> he needs a job. I'm concerned. I'm praying for him. So right now, what's, what's in your heart? What comes to your mind? Right now, I'm going to hush for a moment. I want you to talk to God about it, okay? Just talk to God. It's cool for me as I, God's taught me how to pray over the years and I'm praying about stuff, even if it's so personal like this about my son. I'm saying, God, give him a job, but I'm also saying, God, help him connect to you in this process. Help it bring spiritual growth in his life. So I'm seeing God there. I'm praying, but now I'm thinking right. I'm seeing God in the picture and I have trust. So I'll give you just another minute just to pray. See God in that picture. And right now, supernaturally, you can have trust to start to rise up in you that you didn't have when you walked in here. Folks, doing this, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But doing this, praying, thinking right, and trusting God will make a huge difference in all of our lives. Our hope and prayer is that uh, our church becomes a place full of more and more and more joy. You know, lately, all around the country, and especially in Texas, there's been a lot of rain. I have a friend who pastors in Brenham. Did you hear about Brenham two days ago? 17 inches of rain in a short period of time. They got hammered. 290 was closed. I mean, major highways. Well, I texted my pastor buddy, and you know, I said, Bro, how, are you okay? And he texts back, well, we're alive, <laughs> but we haven't had electricity in a couple days. It's tough. Keep praying. I said, we will, bro. We'll keep praying. Well, you know, sometimes we can have too much rain, but we can't have too much joy. And God wants us to live in an awesome joy day after day after day. And we believe that our church could be a place full of more and more joy as we learn to do what God has shown us to do in this series. So we're believing that everybody in Ignite Church can grow in this positive state of mind that goes deeper than our emotions, though it includes our emotions. It's unaffected by circumstances because it's rooted. Our joy is rooted 
and our great, mighty God's awesome reliability. Y'all stand. What we want to do this morning is um, there's something specific that we want to invite you when we head out of here today. If the, there's something specific we want to invite you down to, for prayer for, uh, and that's this, um, the, the anxiety. If, if you've been dealing with anxiety lately, you, know, you can start freedom from that today. And, and there's something we want to add to it, and that's uh, depression. A lot of times those go together. If you've been struggling with uh, being depressed and just, you know, some, just really getting to you, we want to take the time to pray for you. Our, our people on our prayer team are happy, ready, and willing to pray for you guys about that. You, you know, this, uh, t- today and tomorrow, our country, we have a Memorial Day. And we're honoring the, our fallen soldiers, uh, the guys and gals that have died. And, and uh, for some people, that's really, really a big deal because you know someone, a family member or a friend. And, and, and that can lead to depression in lives. I mean, especially for, for those that have recently lost somebody. And uh, if that's you, we want to take the time to pray for you. And, and so we, we believe 100% in prayer with all of our hearts that it works, that God, God hears our prayers. And so if any of that matches you, when we dismiss this morning, please take the time. Please just hang on a minute. Come down up here to somebody up here in the front, and they're going to take the time to personally pray for you. All right? So with all that being said, let, let, we're going to pray generally uh, speaking right now. Lord, I just lift up every person in here. We thank you for everyone that has uh, decided to come and be with us this morning. And I pray that everyone walks out of here with your blessing, that this week you bless their lives. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead and that you would guide each and every person that you would speak something special to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.